brother. So now, oh. dad, yay. So we um, can be the start of the show. Yeah, right. So hello, everyone. Uh, we are now live streaming all to the things. I think I did it right. Um, it is I, Robbie Rapole, and he, Dusty Pitstick. Uh, we are the hosts of Let's Talk About Feelings here on Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, I want to give a huge thanks to Guy Aitchison and Gabe Ripley for uh, giving us the opportunity to make something like this happen because it's super important for the tattoo world uh, to have things like this. We don't really talk about feelings a whole lot. Uh, we were definitely grown up in the toxic masculinity sense of tattooing. Uh, even if you were a lady, you had to go through that. So, so you know, here we are talking about feelings and our unofficial third host, Amber, who always shows up and uh, has wonderful things to add. So it's always great to see you here. And uh, my son, cool. Zen, who is now being cranky, so his brother's going to take him away. Yeah. yeah. I know, Zen. He said, bye, I'm being a cranky butt. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So here we are today again. Uh, we took last Monday off. Life got hectic and in the way in a very short period of time for me. So uh, we did not do a show. Um, and now we are. So thank you, everyone, for your patience with us being sporadic in how we do things. And thank you, Amber, for always being here. And uh, I think I'm going to start with asking you what's going on with you, because you always have something to say. And I'm interested well, to hear see what we can I have you. to tell you. You really are a magical motherfucker. Thank you. Thank you very much. And why so? How so? Because just speaking to you a few times made me realize exactly how far my head was up my ass. Ah. The head can be very far up the ass. Yes. And I'm not saying it's not all my fault. Because right. it wasn't all my fault that I felt that way about myself. Right, right. But you helped remind me of the magical motherfucker I was before I got in the situation that convinced me I wasn't. Hey. All right. All right. I love that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I've so, missed uh, me. It's nice to find yourself again, right? Yes, very much so. Um, and it's weird because it gets gets hard when you when you get so distant from yourself, you don't even know what you're doing, you know, and you don't even know who yeah. you are. So, uh, and that's really where us. I was. Talk to us about where you were and where you are and how it changed for you. I spent ten years in a very stifling relationship. Okay. Let's just say it wasn't a relationship that had the room to believe in magic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Magic was stamped out and was poo-pooed. And anytime you had personal power, it was stamped out. Mm. And for me, that was a very hard thing because I'm I'm a stubborn asshole. <laughs> Yeah, you're not alone. I fought back the whole time, but it still wore me down. Mm. 
I'm not in that situation anymore. And I've been working with a therapist and a psychiatrist and doing everything I need to do, you know, to overcome my PTSD and my anxiety, which I didn't have before. Right. Okay. Okay. But now after doing all the therapy and the psychiatry and talking to you, I have a very different mindset. Even my fellow Girl Scout leaders noticed it. Really? Hmm. Rather than waiting for somebody else to decide what we're doing in a meeting, I've become very take charge with the girls. Okay. Which is a hard place to be when you don't trust yourself. Yes, I know. But I'm getting better at trusting myself and believing my instincts rather than second guessing them. I finally trust my gut again. That's so amazing. Wow. I don't even know where to go with that. Other than the first thing that comes up is I love the fact that you have the trio of therapists, psychiatrists, and woo-woo weirdos like us. Yes, the the reinventing (laughs) community itself has made such a big difference. That's fucking amazing. I'm so honored to be here as a part of this community. Um, It's weird, every time I go on the website and like my fucking face is there and you know, it's got our names and it's like, hey, come talk about feelings. It's like, wow, I I don't even know what it's like uh, to be where I'm at because I've always wanted to be here and to hear that I'm making a difference, that we're making a difference just by being here and talking to people about their shit. Like, that's so powerful. Yeah, you and Dusty both being like, this is something I'm going through. This is something I deal with. This is, you know, and relating it to other people so that they know that they're not alone. Yeah. Has made a huge difference for me. Well, you know, and I don't know if I've said it on here before. I think I may have, but I used to have a hard time understanding the value of words or my words specifically. Yes. So I would sit there and I'd, you know, be like, oh, wow, this person said this and that's powerful. And this person said this and that's powerful. And then I'd be like, but nobody wants to hear my shit. Uh, And it's cool to be reinstated in that, hey, you are doing something with this. Um, You absolutely are. And I really appreciate that. And I know Dusty also has gone through the trouble of receiving uh, and just knowing that we're not alone and feeling that, but also we're doing something good just by being here. That's yeah. powerful. And that's beautiful. It's something too that like Robbie has used a pretty specific instance talking about Tony Robbins, but it's that whole thing that like he said with the Tony Robbins thing that he's like, I have no bad days. I have this, I have that. And then later on down the line, he's like, Oh, of course I have bad days. Everybody has bad days. And it's cool to see even people at like, this level be able to be like yeah i've got bad days like life isn't perfect because there's definitely i think we all know at least a couple people that you see their social media presence and you see how they are what they post what they do how they talk and they do have a very oh there's no bad days mentality my life is perfect and it's like every photo is framed a certain way every statement is shaped a certain way And it's like anybody that you fuck with like that, when you meet them, you quickly realize like, oh, you have flaws too. You're just better at hiding it or you're better at framing your narrative 
and it's so comforting to know that over the last few years, especially, I think COVID did a big thing with the lockdown where people couldn't go stage the perfect photos and set up the perfect posts that everybody kind of just broke down and was like, look, this is my actual life. Uh, mm-hmm. You fuck with me or you don't. I'm struggling with the same shit. And when you realize that, yeah, there's people that are always going to be maybe more talented from you from a certain perspective, or they might be a little smarter than you about a certain subject, but it, it brought everybody down to a ground level of, unless you're like royal family status, we all suffer through the same shit. We all go through the same things. And when you, there's so much more motivation to be taken from seeing that your idols struggle with the same things and your coworkers work struggle with the same things and your motivational speakers struggle with the same things that you feel better. You're not like, well, what did they figure out that I didn't? You're more like, okay, well, how are they managing it that I'm not? And there's a lot more growth to be had there versus just like, well, they're perfect. I guess I just have to learn to turn this off. And so it's, it's a cool thing to know that other people are going through that same stuff. Absolutely. And you know, you, you said, uh, even if you're the Royal, if you're the Royal family, you don't go with, go through it. But truth be told, if you're fucking human, you're going through battles. That oh, suck. yeah. You know, just, yeah, sure. you know, just in a different fucking boat, you know, that's a luxury ship they're on. They, they probably have a little less struggles with uh, work and stuff like that. Right, you right. Know. But, you know, everybody's got stuff going on. But everybody has something going on. Absolutely. I mean, especially with all the stuff, you know, from the Princess Di era onwards, like clearly they had their own dramas and issues, no but... Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's definitely a little bit easier when you can just hop on a jet ski and take off. Uh, but... <laughs> you know, um, I remember this TV show, and I don't know if any of y'all have seen it. It was on MTV a while ago. And um, they would go to high schools and they would put kids from different life roads. Just what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, fucking different social circles. And they would put all these different social circle kids in different groups. So, you know, they'd have the super popular kid and the super poor kid and then the slutty girl and then the ugly girl. And then, you know, like they'd have all these different people from different walks of life and they'd put them together and they'd all talk about their shit. Mm. And the ugly girl would find out that the pretty girl feels the same way that the ugly girl feels. And, you know, the poor kid feels the same way that the rich kid feels and the rich kid feels the same way the poor kid feels and the bully kids feel the same way the bullies feel. And it was like, really fucking beautiful i don't remember what the name of this show was um uh, and at the very end they write an essay to the principal and judd nelson throws a single fist into the air and uh <laughs> simple minds plays so you know the show I was, I was like man he's just describing the movie the breakfast club <laughs> one of the best movies of all time <laughs> but you know and, and genius of someone at mtv to be like and club. I, I feel like it was before its time because it was great and never went anywhere. I know. You know, and like, I didn't even realize that that's what the breakfast club was until you just said that, you know, like all the different, all the different humans going through all the different things. Uh, So, sorry, uh, Allie, I saw you jumped in and uh, hi, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Um, and your background is gorgeous where are you at i am in central alabama it is bright and sunny and 78 degrees maybe it's gorgeous yeah it looks beautiful out there so 
we always like to welcome humans that join to uh, share perspectives or even issues that they're going through and grasp other perspectives. So do you have anything that cool. you're running with that you're going through that you'd like some some perspective on? Um, you know, I was, I jumped in today because I was listening to y'all and just the, the talk about, you know, similar situations regardless of background and, you know, we're all human and we're all dealing with something. And uh, I think that community and relationships are a great way to help solve those problems, you know? And I think reinventing is allowing that to happen. You guys are allowing that to happen uh, by creating these safe spaces for people to come talk about the shit that's going on in their lives. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that, for Thank one thing. <laughs> I'm honored to be a part of it. It's, cool. it's a huge deal. I think that I, I'm a huge advocate of mental health struggles and, uh, I'm a certified mental health coach. So um, I've been working through that to kind of, I guess, help my clients that come in because, you know, we're all in such this intimate setting when we tattoo that, you know, they open up about everything and anything. And oftentimes I felt like I had to be a counselor, but I learned that I don't have to be a counselor. I just have to know how to listen. Um, to leave that baggage at the door you know uh, and I take it home sometimes and that can be sort of frustrating when I know that I'm still reeling from an emotion that happened at the studio but I, I bring it home you know and the family sees it and uh, so I don't know do you guys have any suggestion on how to like leave work at the door well first step is acknowledging it right <laughs> yeah you know, because if you don't see there's a problem with it, then you're going to have a harder time, you know, yanking that weed. Uh, right. So I felt this yesterday. Um, I went to the studio. Uh, I had some one-on-one -on -one meetings with the people in my studio. And then an amputee comes in. And now we're doing the amputee brotherhood thing. And she's crying and gushing about how great I am and how much she's so happy to meet me. And you know, I'm telling her I'm usually not here on Sundays. And she's like, oh, my God, it was meant to be. And like, she's really a beautiful human. And that weight that someone puts on you uh, of just being, you know, somebody they look up to can be can be it can heavy as the wears the crown. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I met with another artist who was uh, considering coming to work at the studio. I had, you know, meetings with everybody that was at the studio that day. So I was drained as fuck and I didn't even tattoo, sure. um, you know, and, and that's part of being the owner, right? Like you got to come in you got to give your energy. And when we got home, I noticed I got snippy because I was hangry as fuck. Right. And I decided to go ahead and fucking get the food in my belly, you know, and Sundays are the days that I eat whatever the fuck I want. That's my, that's my fuck around and cheat day. So we were cooking some oven pizzas, but in the meantime, I threw some pizza rolls in the air fryer right quick so I could get some food in me so I could like catch myself before, you know, check myself, wreck myself because I was about to fucking 
you know, I was about to be an asshole. And I probably was a little bit of an asshole to a degree. Um, and I just feel like you have to, you know, one of the things that that is a part of the magical motherfucker method that I teach in the program, and the first step is check yourself. Check yourself regularly. So when you get home, or even when you're on your way home, okay, where am I? Who am I? How am I feeling? Okay, what happened today that made me feel a certain way? Do you feel like, fuck, that was a lot? You know, do you feel like, oh, I gave away too much of my energy? Then what do you fucking do? Then you, then you devise your toolkit, which is the second step of the magical motherfucker method. And, you know, and being a mental health coach, you understand these things, I'm sure. You know, so you dive into your toolkit. What tool do I need to help fix this situation before I go home leaking this shit onto my family? Yeah, that's good. So check yourself before you wreck yourself, lady. You know, because, you know, when at the end of the day, we're going to fucking burn it all down and then cry because we killed everybody. And now we're lonely and sad. And now we got to apologize to everybody we killed. And some of them might not even fucking be there because we burnt it down too rough. Right. So have the foresight to not go there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So yeah, that, you were saying something. Uh, I was gonna say a big thing, and, and it's part of you know checking yourself before you wreck yourself is just perspective, perspective, perspective. I've been forcing that on myself a lot lately, and it is you know sometimes you go in and like the worst week of tattooing that I've ever had in my entire life was a week that I had to do two separate infant footprint tattoos in the same week uh two completely different people didn't know each other and it was like both of them had lost babies like right at birth age and that is that's a depressing tattoo to do um both times it really did i was a very small part of their solution but did bring some closure and it was a way to help them honor you know this life lost and it it was something they'll keep with them for the rest of their life and i had to keep reminding myself because that's a fucking bummer uh to do and especially you know at at the time it was being at aisle nine in dayton and the upstairs there there's five stations so we got five artists five clients everybody else is joking and i had kind of told everyone prior when the second one came in like this is like two days after i was like hey this lady's coming in this is what i'm doing this is why so if we can all just be like semi chill on, you know, too many vulgar jokes or whatever, just grant her some grace. And everybody was super cool, but you could just tell the room was really heavy and versus looking at it as that heaviness of just like Ugh, this awful thing to be able to be like, she survived. She's doing the thing to remember her kid. It's a little bit of closure. It's a small, you know, gear in the machine, but it is something that I helped someone find some sort of peace, if only for an hour or two. And like, man, sometimes that perspective, you have to look at it as like, yeah, here's all of this black negative energy I can focus on, but it, something grew out of it, which is always cool. And unfortunately, as artists, we all kind of are the unlicensed therapists, or it sounds like in your case, licensed, you know, to, to heal and help <laughs> too. Uh, you know, we all have our different degrees of how much advice we should be giving. I'm a train wreck and I'm sitting here guiding people through their lives while tattooing them all the while in my head thinking like, I, I have no clue. Um, but just that perspective of like, you can take those problems and know that, yeah, it sucks. And you want to be sad and you want to be empathetic because you know, all these people are going through it. And you hear all their stories, but at the same time, like, Hey, I got to be part of the solution, especially with you having that license 
you're actually putting it to use. You're doing something good with it. And when you get home, you can choose to look at it as like, man, the world's an ugly place. Or you can be like, I'm, I'm a little lantern swinging around, shining some light on, you know, all the darkness. So you're, you're doing a lot more than we probably grant ourselves to think in our lowest points, but you're doing awesome stuff. So like, just embrace that and roll with that perspective. So that was the part that I wanted to jump in and throw at you, Dusty, because yeah. you're like saying how you're this small part. And the thing is, we're a much larger part of their healing process than a lot of us give ourselves credit for. You know, yeah. they get the counseling session, but also they leave with a souvenir to remind them of that counseling session. You know, Ooh. the song When You Were In Love breaks your heart when you fall out of love because you live that moment over and over again listening to that song so now this is a, a song that they got to sing and took a took a memento away a permanent souvenir and so now every time they look at that song they get to feel that love that you granted them that peace that we grant them as tattooers you know the 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 joy that we can take away is, man, I'm wasted from today. And you know why? Because I fucking gave so much of my love away to somebody who needed it more than I did at the time. And all I have to do is breathe and journal or just fucking, or not even journal, but it'll help. But you know, just, I can just breathe and replenish my love. I can just give myself space and replenish my love. Because mm -hmm. our our love is always coming from a uh, completely uh, uh, now I'm losing the word infinite source. You don't have to say, "Oh, well, I gave away too much love." No, I gave away as much love as that human needed, and I'm so proud of myself for doing so. And then, like, thank the universe for bringing this person to you because you were the only fucking person that could have helped them the way that you helped them in that moment. So, you know, pat yourself on the motherfucking back some instead of bitching. You know? yeah. and, <laughs> and I'm saying it to myself too. So, you know. <laughs> if you, you know, burn out of fuel, it is one of those things where it seems like the universe just knows when to gas you back up. And if you are the type of person that is doing all of this therapy and you're giving all of this love and you're gassing everyone else up, like it will come back to you. And it's always those days that you do like three tattoos and you were there for 12 hours and you're just spent and you get home and you want to live a healthy life, but it's like 12 o'clock at night. So you put on the Simpsons and just eat a bunch of Doritos instead and think about how you have to draw for the next day. And that's when you'll get that random text from someone that's like, Oh, I saw that piece you did today. It's killer. Or, you know, just some sort of random stuff. Uh, it's always when people come out of nowhere to hype you up and cheer you on. And it will pay itself back and gas you up, whether you like it or not. I'm bad at taking those compliments. I'm getting better, but I'm still pretty bad at it. So when someone will comment like, man, that piece you did today was killer. Or like, oh, I saw this thing. You're so, you know, with whatever that I'm just kind of like shrink down. But. It, it does pay itself back. And the more fuel that you give, it'll, it'll fill itself back up. Yeah. Like um, I, had a, I had a corrective meeting with someone yesterday. Well, parts of it were corrective. It wasn't fully corrective. Um, there was parts that we were talking about goals. And I got a text from them this morning Ooh. saying, thank you so much for yesterday. 
I, sh- I saw that you gave a lot of love and a lot of restraint. And like, that's not a message Robbie gets after a corrective meeting. You know? <laughs> you know, a lot of the time, if they were even brave enough to give me a fucking message, it was like, hey, do you hate me? You know, like, so uh, I've gotten way better at delivering things properly. And then also look at the joy that comes from getting that message after the corrective situation. That was part of my drain yesterday was having to be corrective, but then getting that message that like, hey, you're giving love and you're being patient. Bro, you don't even fucking know how many times I beg myself to be loving and patient. And for somebody to acknowledge that. And that's, I don't know who it was you talked to in this specific instance, but man, they are infinitely respected in my book just off of the fact that like, when you can get that talking to or that text or whatever it is and you know you're the one that always says check yourself before you wreck yourself if you can roll with that and go you know what i needed that and not only to you know accept that you are slipping but then to have the audacity to reach out to the person that corrects you and go fuck you were right i needed that thank you like that's that is a humble and rad human being right there absolutely and so speaking of texts and humble and rad human beings, I just got a text right now saying that uh, one of the humans that I met with yesterday is accepting the job offer. So, and that's the second job offer acceptance that I've had uh, in 20 minutes. So uh, going from a shop that I thought was falling apart because we had the baby and I had a couple of artists fucking leave because I got fucked up in the head. And I was like, my family is most important. Fuck this shop. And then I was like, wait a second, I can't say fuck this shop. That's stupid. You know, like, and, and figuring out the balance and now like enjoying bringing Zen to the shop with me and like being grown enough to say, Hey guys, if he yells too much, please let me know. Like, instead of being like, fuck you, I'm the boss. He's my baby and he's going to be here. And like, that's who I had been for so long. And so like, so what you were saying about how the dude was like, yo, thank you for this. And you have respect for him. I'm able to change and give myself the love and grace and compassion and respect to know that I've grown some. And so that's, so back to what you were saying, Ali, anytime you notice anything positive from anything that's going on, even if it's a fucking drain, it's still a step in the right fucking direction. I totally picked that up. That's awesome. Thank you guys for, talking it out with me like and you're you're so right uh dusty when i seem at my lowest somewhere out of nowhere somebody says something that just brings me back up you know and i need to stay focused on those things uh, you're absolutely right thanks for the reminder <laughs> yeah, and you're awesome and it's one of those things where the same things that like we were talking about earlier, the same things that we see in others, we may not think that they go through it, but we go through it. I'm sure that you have plenty of times as somebody, especially somebody that's trained with this, that you can kind of pick up on when people are down and out or they're a little exhausted and, you know, we're all fixers to some extent. So you want to step in and help and you want to be that light for them. People see that in you too. And you may not even realize, like I've seen some photos of myself at tattoo conventions where I am 
in the middle of it, having a blast, talking to everybody. And then I go back and look at them. You know, the convention always posts them like the Wednesday of the next week. Like, here's the photos from our thing. And I'm like, I look fucking drained. Oh, my God. I look like a zombie. Uh, and, and, you know, at the time, I'm loving it. And it's like, you may think like, oh, I'm doing great. But people can pick up on that with you, too. And they will absolutely know when it's that time to just, okay, we need to pour into Allie right now. Like, she she needs it. So it's it'll always come back around. Y'all have those couple of clients that just like they do know how to read you like that. And oh, yeah. like they just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. You know, and the universe always brings them to you at the right time. That's right. Um, because one of them of mine, every fucking time she showed up, we've needed each other. But yeah. I'll I'll just be like, I'll stop early on even before i tattoo a lot of the time i'm like sarah thank you so fucking much for being here i need this i need your energy you're so fucking perfect you know like and it's so nice to have that uh when the universe throws it at you because you're you're always going to be in need at some point i was just talking to somebody recently and they were talking about like all these things that had gone wrong but also all these things that had gone right and i went through the same thing like when i lost my leg I got a settlement out of that and I was able to buy my home. But right as I'm in the hospital with my dad on his deathbed, I'm getting a phone call from my realtor saying, Hey, you're a homeowner. And I'm like, cool dog. We're about to go to hospice. You know? <laughs> like, wow. And so if I didn't have, you know, that extreme joy of I'm about to be a fucking homeowner again. And I hadn't been a homeowner for like 10 years and my finances were fucked up for a long time. And I went through a lot of shit that sucked. And like, I got so tired of sitting in hotels during living on the road and got so tired of having landlords that sucked and then good landlords that ended up having to sell the house and like all these things. Now, my biggest fucking complaint in my house is, God damn, this fucking HOA won't let me build the fence I want to build, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, Man, nobody's knocking on my fucking door at 11 a.m. saying, get out of the hotel. Yeah. Oh, nobody's knocking at the door saying, hey, we got to show this house. You know, so like, and you know, my dad's not in pain anymore. Yeah. And he visits me quietly, peacefully. He was never one for theatrics like I am. But like, I'll get a wafting scent of Cuban coffee. And I'm like, there's no Cuban coffee around here. All right, dad, I feel you, dog. You know, I'll smell a cigar. All right, Pop, thanks for being here. Sorry for calling you Pop. I know you didn't like it. Like, he told me on his deathbed he didn't like when we called him Pop. And I was like, why'd you let us do it then? And he said, because you guys liked it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, like, I get to live those beautiful moments in my life. Like, the guy that just texted me uh, accepting the job, he reminds me of my dad. My dad taught me how to tattoo. You know, so it's, it's it's really cool how the universe sends you things and when we're really low you know we wouldn't know what that low feels like without the high and we wouldn't know what the high feels like without the low right yeah contrast right your art needs contrast so does your life grateful for both it's all about balance yeah that is my favorite rule of comedy is that if everybody's funny nobody's funny Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you need you, you've got to have the straight man and at the same time if every day is high then it's not really high. You got to have the lows for that perspective, absolutely. Um 
I just, I was talking to a friend the other day on the phone and he was telling me about this study they did with uh, mice or lab rats or something like that. And it was about pleasure and pain. And so if they were allowed to just get pleasure without any pain or any repercussions, they would just get pleasure until it killed them. Huh. And on the other side of that, if they got the pleasure and then had to go through pain, they wouldn't stop going through the, go. they wouldn't stop because they wanted the pleasure that bad. But even furthermore, if they had to go through pain first to get the pleasure, they still fucking get it. That's awesome. Because you'll die. Tattoos. What's that? That explains the process of tattooing. Yes, you right. Go the <laughs> you know, and it's weird since I since I lost my leg um, due to suspension, I used to suspend all the time, and that was my release emotionally, physical pain, emotional release. Um, and now I'm still like. I'm like, oh, well, I'm getting my back tattooed in Tampa, so I guess I can't suspend from my back this time. Oh, well, I can't fucking go up in front of people again because, like, I still haven't done an exhibition suspension again. Um, and that's a, that's a huge battle for me. But um, at the end of the day, my new mental pain release is getting tattooed. And it's cool because, like, I can put fucking numbing on and I can use numbing soap and I could put numbing on the brakes and I'll still find pain. There's still a battle and there's still a balance. And even if you don't get pain through the tattoo process, the healing process, even if it's a good healing process, it's probably going to suck some. Mm. So there's no, no matter what, we're, we're those lab rats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. Balance, contrast. Balance is key. Yeah. And you don't you don't realize how nice it is to have balance if you don't fall down sometimes. Exactly. You know, the person I am after losing my leg is stronger and more powerful and darker at times, but also brighter at times. You know, and like my struggle when I the woman yesterday asked me, Do you have bad days? Who the fuck are you talking about? Of course I have bad days. You know, every every human has bad days, but furthermore, every amputee is going to have bad days. Because you know what? What's weird to fucking look down and see one foot or a plastic foot. It's weird that like, I'm like really in love with the seat and the, the oh shit handle in my fucking shower. You know, <laughs> like those are things I need. And without them, like I was at a convention one time and I fell in the shower and I was the only one in the hotel room. And like, people told me you can die from that shit. So like, that scared the shit out of me. Like just being in the shower can kill me. But it's that darkness, it's that fear that keeps moving. It's like, it's like the motorcycle ride. There's this healthy fear and respect that you build that makes it even more enjoyable. That gives you some anxiety and excitement. Mm. Like, I was uh, years ago, I was I was having a party at my house and we were on the back porch drunk. And one of my buddies, we started sparring because he was he was big into that. And he popped me in the face right quick. And I was like, that's cool. Because, it, like, <laughs> you know, like I never liked getting hit in the face before that. I really never did it. And then I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of exhilarating. 
you know, yeah, I don't want to get hit in the face all the time. I don't want my jaw to break. I don't want to lose an eye. But fuck, the excitement that comes from that quick flash, that's that's wild. So it's interesting how much joy can come from the pain, too. There's Some a fine of, line between pleasure and pain. Absolutely. Some of my favorite times that I can remember in Indiana when I lived there was post-divorce. I was in my tattoo studio. Well, the tattoo studio I worked at, I had a little loft up at the back of the shop. So I had my little eagle's nest perched. You know, I could look at the shop. And I would sit there late at night and I would just drink champagne and be sad and like swipe Tinder until it ended and just be sad. And I love those sad nights. Like, I don't know why they fucking hold such a special place in my heart. Maybe because it was dark. Maybe because I needed to feel that. Yeah. Maybe because I was seeking no pain for so long that I had to find a pain that I could enjoy or appreciate. Because I didn't enjoy it in the moment. In the moment, it sucked. But like I had this level of appreciation for it. And I still have that level of appreciation. So uh, one of the things somebody told me one time, and I don't remember if it was a book or a YouTube thing or in person, um, treat everything that happens to you as if you meant for it to happen. So if you treat the bad shit like you were meant for it to happen, well, now you can go into your toolkit and be like, oh, well, I planned for this. Good. Yeah. That's a good point. And you cut out the bullshit of, oh, fucking poor me. Why does it all suck? Like, I literally find myself doing that. And then there's a voice in the back of my head that says, dude, what the fuck? That's not true, buddy. You know, <laughs> like, I remember I was, I was, I was stressed about uh, launching my coaching program. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just some fucking loser that doesn't know how to make money doing anything. And I'm like, yeah, but no, that's not true, man. Like, Dusty fucking didn't even need to be sold to buy. You know, he was like, oh, I'm on. Yes, I'm in. Everybody that fucking is in my program didn't need to be sold on it because they were already sold on investing in themselves. And that was money that I made. And people are telling me that I'm helping them. And I'm seeing change in people's lives. So it's like so weird how we believe the lie. And that's one of the things we talk about in class a lot. Like the lie is so strong. It's so powerful. And we believe it all the fucking time. Yeah, you can't believe everything you think. No, no. I... That's a good no. line. <laughs> Just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Wow. I have that on my bedroom door. Don't believe everything you think that just fucked me up dude wow so true though it is because you have that you get that voice in your head that is always negative and always you know the naysay you have that voice in in your head that's positive too that's but true. for some reason we hear that other one louder and he lies it's the lie. And you know why he lies? Because he's afraid. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say he. I think of my last time around, I was a guy and they made me a woman this time because I didn't, <laughs> I was not, I was not nice to women and they made me a woman this time. They took, they took away my manlyhood. Huh. Interesting. This is 
this is related but unrelated uh but i'm curious because i haven't talked about this in a while do any of your inner monologues actually have a voice or is it like reading where it's just text in your head no it's a voice oh yeah there's a voice mine (laughs) mine i've never and that's a lot of people say there's a specific voice in their head i've never had the voice it's just kind of like reading something when you think it to yourself so uh, it's me and that's so crazy it's always yeah. me talking, so like it's not really a voice it's just me talking thinking talking like if i'm reading it's that voice and i think it's easier for me to get confused because it's always the same and see that's where yeah. i'm at there's no like other voice and i think other people have like legit conversations yeah with like a whole like i I wish it was like uh those old on-star gps's where you could change the voice right because mine (laughs) patrick stewart all day (laughs) (laughs) and for me i like i'll find myself having this conversation and then and then also i'll be like no shut the fuck up dog so, <laughs> so it's like and we're like why are you doing this man you know like come on this is unnecessary you know like the, the they, they ain't did you no wrong like fucking sitting there bitching about donna in my head and it's like why am i bitching about this man she's over there like loving me from fucking silently from the corner and i'm over here like she didn't do this right and she didn't do that and it's like well what did i not do right yeah. And so for me, it's like, I think that other voice is starting to speak up more. And that's kind of cool that the other voice gets to speak up more, even though it's the same voice, it's just with a different inflection, different content. Mm. Yeah. So you don't have a voice at all, Dusty. It's no, I think it's like uh, reading subtitles or reading a book. Like I have dialogue but it's never it, i guess it's more of a text conversation than a phone call interesting like i've never like heard a voice and that's other people like the both of you had said that like you will actually hear like yours is a man's voice you're like yeah i have a conversation with a whole ass other person in my head and mine is always Ooh. very like i'm sending voice or uh text memos to myself almost i just think them but i don't hear them well the the voice in my head that the asshole in my head used to be my voice, but I've done a lot of work in realizing where those thoughts come from. Mm. And they were outside influences that I just took upon myself. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I've finally been able to address them with their voice and not as my voice. Wow. I like it. Yeah. So it used to be my voice. Now it's assigned to those that it belongs to, which is others. And you don't necessarily, you shouldn't believe everything everybody else says to you either. Right. And one of the things that keeps me safe is what other people think about you is none of your fucking business. Exactly. And uh, I've had a hard time with that over the years. And I'm learning. (laughs) i catch myself like well what about what they think what about what they think right how is it going to impact your life in any way shape or form 
Right. Do they pay your bills? Right. Are they the one that has to go to sleep in your bed at night? Yeah. Are they the one that looks you in the eye in the mirror in the morning? No. Amber, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, uh, <clears throat> I have named my other voice. Okay. <laughs> so uh, when I hear it, much like Amber said, it used to be the voice of my myself. But then through a lot of therapy and a lot of work, you know, separating the naysayer from the truth talker, you know, and so I've given the naysayer a voice. So now I can actually tell that naysayer to shut the fuck up. Yep. And I know that I'm not hurting myself, you know? See, and I'm just like fucking uh, Edward Norton in Fight Club when I'm just beating the shit out of myself and fucking uh, <laughs> isn't there, you know, but... The thing is, like, I've learned to, like, it's it's so shocking to me when I catch that voice and I'm like, hey, you stop it. Or, like, I hear the voice being like, hey, you're great. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. Like, so I've, I've, I've not made them different voices or different names, but I am learning the different context and the different content. And when it is the lie, like... Nah, and like it doesn't even have to be a fight. Yeah. It's just like, nah, Playboy, that ain't the way it goes down. Like, this ain't us no more, homie. Like, and then, but and then the cool thing is, the more I'm able to do that, the more in life I'm able to take things less personally, and I'm able to not get into the shit and the fights with the people because you know, in this conversation right now, I realize very much so how much of my inner shit was spilling out on others. And that's why I'm so, so glad I took time away from the studio and I saw it in my head closing down and I saw it wasn't going to work and I'm fucking everything up and what do I need to do to fix it? And then like, I did it. It wasn't, oh, the shop has to close down. It's like, no, the shop will close down if you continue this. Uh, another thing about Tony Robbins, we did the Dickens method when I was in at the, at the thing live. And the Dickens method is where you go into your brain in like couple year increments. So it was like one year, if you don't change anything, feel what you would go through if you didn't change the things you don't like. Five years, 10 years, up to 30 years from now. And it's a room of 10,000 fucking people. And I personally am sitting there crying my mother fucking face off, hurting, hating it. Just like, no, fuck. Can we please fucking stop now? And like having that to go back to now is like, well, if I keep this up, yes, shit will go wrong. But if I make the micro adjustments now, shit can go right. Mm-hmm. Because I was the type to always give up as soon as it got difficult. Because I'd be like, well, it ain't going to get any easier. Let's just fucking quit. And then I'd get to the point where it got so bad that I'm like, well, if I don't fucking fix this, who will? So I would do it to myself. Dude, nothing changes unless something changes. Right. Yeah. And, and if you decide, okay, well, this got too hard. Let's quit. Well, now you're 50% in to quitting. And now you got to fight 150% harder to get out of it. I was just at a party on Saturday and I was talking to this one dude where he's, 
super fucking built guy. And we were talking about going to the gym and, you know, exercise and health and fitness. And he says, the comeback is always harder. So I just fucking stay on track. So I don't have to go through the comeback. Yeah. I'm like, damn, son, that's some real shit. That is some real shit. But it's funny that nobody's funny. Sometimes you got to have the comeback to appreciate things. Right. But the cool thing is there's probably a balance in there between never having that comeback and we all have that friend that's on the comeback every three months. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a middle ground. But yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta have a good comeback story here and there to really appreciate. You know, that when you can just grind and balance and make it work. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm to the point. You know, I'm 41. As soon as the baby came home, I was in the hospital for three days. Two days after he came home, with severely ele- elevated high blood pressure. So now I'm like, you know what? That's the fucking comeback that I need to never, ever, ever let my blood pressure get there again. Mm. Yeah. Um, But like at the same time, yeah, am I going to fucking be perfect with everything? Absolutely fucking not. Because I'm fucking lazy sometimes and life hurts sometimes and I need rest sometimes. And sometimes I don't mind working for the comeback because if it's not the comeback of, oh, if you don't get your blood pressure in order, you'll die. You know, if it's the comeback of, oh, you'll look a little better if you fucking tried harder. Eh, I'll fight that comeback. You know? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. You know? So, yes, I feel you on that. Um, And, like, you got to know, you just got to measure what's the most important. You know? You don't want to go through fucking having your studio break down every couple years. You know? You want to make sure that people do continue to feed and eat and healthily in your in your environment rather than i can fix it you know so yes i see where you're coming from and like i i have to decide where i can fuck up you know and there's there's definitely a difference between like i know you went through it not too long ago where you had two artists leave that was a whole thing like that's a healthy comeback to be like okay two people left this is a season of change and growth now I've got new and now you've got people texting you all throughout the podcast, you know, accepting offers and everything. That is a healthy level of comeback that you were probably stressed for a little while, yes. but you knew it was cool. You stayed in control. I mean, I was out there in August and had a blast. Everything ran smooth versus like, oh, my shop is closed. I opened up a new one. That shit's closed a years later. You know, like there's right. there's a healthy balance for sure, but you got to have a little bit of highs and lows and creamy middles. Absolutely. No, totally. And You know, I I also learned in this that if I'm going to have five studios or more, how the fuck am I going to be the nucleus of everyone? Yeah. So I needed to go through this and I needed to understand this so I could create a business model that's scalable, that works, that doesn't depend on Robbie's physicality being there. And like, when you're afraid to lose something, you learn the importance of the important things. And and if your dude stays that level of in shape and never slips and has to come back, then he will never know the joy of eating an entire pan of brownies. And that's just, you know, <laughs> well, but sometimes, the is, there's, sometimes there's fun in the comeback. The thing yeah. too, you know, um, like I was talking to a guy uh, in one of the coaching programs I'm in and you know, everybody in this group call was like, Noah, he's a motherfucking killer. He's the most riptest. And like, he was saying, yo, I eat like crazy good five days a week, two days a week, I fuck off. 
So discovering where you can waver too is nice. Mm. You know, because Noah can eat a fucking pan of brownies and he's not going to lose his physique. And that's like, that's part of the fun of it, you know? And, and for me, my fucking goal health-wise is to get my blood pressure straight. Doesn't mean I got to be perfect all the time. Just means I got to be good a lot of the time. 80% of the time I got to be on this shit. Nobody can be perfect. Right, exactly. And that's the beautiful thing. Perfection isn't possible. Donna, we were we were at the, the accountant the other day and she's like, we're not going to open another store until our business model is perfect. And I'm like, nope. We are going to get a fucking scalable business model put to put in place and then we'll make another studio because perfection is not fucking possible. And having perfection in your eyeline and your sights, that's ah, pain. Yeah, it's constant pain. It's pain of trying to be perfect. And then it's pain of not being perfect because nobody can be perfect. It was Salvador Dali who said, do not fear perfection for you'll never reach it. Totally. Yeah. There's a fun amount of liberation that comes from not needing perfection. And, you know, I just because the whole physical thing is like a good metaphor and we've already been on the physical thing. I at one point before back surgery, I got to over 300 pounds. I'm not six pack abs by any means, but at least a couple days a week, I wake up, I jog three or four miles. And then, you know, I eat a big ass slice of pizza at lunch because I'm like, I'm not trying to look like Hugh Jackman. I just want to not sweat walking up a flight of stairs. And I got down to 200 and I hit that goal and I'm happy, but I know that like, I'm healthy enough that hopefully I shouldn't have too many health problems as I age, but I can eat that tray of brownies because they're so good. Right. And like, dude, last night I fucking had pizza rolls and fucking oven pizzas because it was yeah. my fuck off. You know, like I allow that and I give myself that. And Saturday night at the party, I was allowed to eat like shit, too, because, you know, I was like, all right, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm OK. I'm not I, I've, I've had friends that, you know, they bring their fucking their chicken and ask you to cook it at a different part of the grill. And like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's on edge around him because, you know, the chick that he's with is like scared to fucking speak up because he's so cranky all the time because he's training for a show. Always angry because he's always hungry. Right. And like, you know, it's funny because I don't know one person that competes in bodybuilding competitions that doesn't eat like a bag of shit when they're over. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even even if your your whole lifestyle is chicken, rice and broccoli you're still going to fucking crave a pan of brownies or, you know, a 10 pound Reese's or, you know, a 40 fucking uh, inch pizza. You know? Have you ever watched? There's like videos and articles about it. When the rock finishes filming a movie, he goes on like a 24 hour cheat day bender. And I mean, it's literally like 12 pizzas, two dozen pancakes, a whole tray of cinnamon rolls. Like even those people have to have that day where they're just like, all right, for one day, all bets are off. And then they get their little mini comeback. Yeah, and I, I fucking, um, I, I follow The Rock on Instagram. And, like, it seems like every Sunday he eats, like, a bag of shit. 
Oh, okay. It used to just be after movies. He may have upgraded, which, I mean, he looks like the fucking rock and he works out that much. You can afford to do it one day a week. He actually, yeah. some of the, when I was in my best shape and running like six miles a day and I could squat twice my body weight and all this shit, I would eat like absolute garbage every Sunday and somehow like wake up a pound lighter the next day just because it forced my body to metabolize so much. And you know, uh, So, you know, the rock can get away with it for sure. Right. And we're talking a lot about fitness, but like, really, we're not just talking about fitness. No. Yeah. You know, like, this is all metaphorical speech at this point, you know, because you gotta have the balance. And you said it, if every if everyone's funny, nobody's funny. Josh Herman tattooed me after I got off Ink Master and I was really struggling with who I was as, as an artist. I didn't, I, I thought I didn't know. And, you know, while I was, I was creating art and he was like, you know, you, you don't do big giant eyes and big giant boobs and a big giant car. You know, like if everything's special, nothing's special. And he's like, I learned that from the Incredibles movie. And I'm like, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, uh, it's wild how, how much balance needs to happen. And one of my spiritual gurus that I've had over the years, his name is Top Hat Dave. Uh, my favorite quote that he ever said that I, I, I will never let go of, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yes. That's a good one. That was one of my mom's favorites. Did you ever notice that when somebody has like a top tier pearl of wisdom that they have a name like Top Hat Dave? (laughs) 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 Never. It's never like Bill Johnson said this shit. It's always like Four Finger Freddy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My friend Robbie with one leg, you know? (laughs) And the funny thing is, I've been having I've been having people drop that type of stuff on me. Hey, you said this to me and this fucking and like I'm like, whoa. And to receive that is so new. And like one of the practices I have that when I like start to feel that resistance when somebody tells me something good, I think about the top hat Daves of the world. And I'm like, huh. Well, he gave me this. And if I gave them that then, hey, we're just all humans doing our best together. And it's pretty cool that we can give each other these things. We're, we're all just swapping encouragements. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Swapping knowledge, swapping encouragements, perspectives. You know, it's like, I learned so much today from all of you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's, it's one of those things. One of my coaches in the past, he said, teach learning. That was a big thing for him. Teach learning. Because while you're teaching, you're learning. And while you're learning, you're teaching. And it's really fucking cool. Uh, and it makes takes the weight of being a teacher, you know, or someone that guides. It takes the weight off of you a little bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're going to give me something, too. Like, anytime somebody mentored me and they told me that I taught them something, I was like, but you're my mentor. You know? <laughs> so... It's very cyclical. Everything in life comes full circle. Different seasons, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I live in Florida, so seasons aren't really a thing, but Florida winters are my favorite winters. You know, (laughs) like (laughs) it's it's when I can have the heat on in the pool and actually enjoy the pool during the day. You know, (laughs) my oldest son, Jaden, and and me, uh, we have this battle with Donna. 
because she always wants to turn the heater on in the pool no matter how warm or cold it is outside and we're like no we won't go like she just yelled at us yesterday we we're like we won't go in the pool during the day if it's fucking hot in the pool and hot outside she's like you guys don't go in the pool during the day shut up i'm like oh well you know maybe but <laughs> florida, winter, florida winter you can throw on a hoodie you can jump in a heated pool you can you can jump in a cold pool and appreciate fucking what it's like when it's warm out you know and you got that like 10 days out of the season so it's not bad but yeah, it's 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 interesting going through the seasons of life um, and really being okay with the fact that they're seasons. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. Like I've, I've watched my son, him and his girlfriend broke up when he lived in Indiana. Then they stayed in the same house together for almost a year and then he moved down here and like I'm watching him his glow up has been happening, but I'm watching him understand it's happened. And so that's really cool to watch because like from the outsider perspective, we all see our seasons. Um, like in, in, in the magical motherfucker class from last week, the homework was to write a letter to yourself from the eyes of somebody that would look up to you or think, think highly of you. And like, that's a hard fucking season to get into. Because we can't think about ourselves great all the time, but it's hard to just look at ourselves and be like, wow, all these things that people said about me, they were real. The reason why they yeah. were real, they were real to them. Like everything your clients have said to you, Amber, they fucking love you, man. You know, like you're special. That's why they fucking say it. Not because they're your fucking mom and they're lying to you to make you feel good. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> and I know that's been a big struggle of mine. Well, they have to say that. No, nobody has to fucking say shit. And I've had enough people say negative things to and about me to realize nobody's got to speak highly of you. Oh, yeah. That's not their job. So it's an interesting ride. Um, I, uh, I feel like I'm good here today. So if anyone else has anything to add, we can... We can continue moving forward. Um, but I feel I, like transmission download from the universe is complete. I uh, Yeah, and it's six on the dot. We actually wrapped up on time for once. Wow. I, do, I do have a closing question for all three of you, though, because I said something earlier, and it's been like in the, the very back of my brain since then. Uh, the good voice and the bad voice in your head don't put too much thought into this. If you could pick anyone to voice him, who would it be? Samuel L. Jackson. For the for the good voice or for the bad voice? For the good voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're brilliant, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say Morgan Freeman for the good voice. That's good. Um, bad boys. I'll have to think. You guys go, and uh, I'll think about. No, I don't know who for the bad voice. Hmm. I, I, my head immediately goes to Sanford and Son for the bad voice because I just want that. Like you, big dummy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, that would be perfect. Simon Cowell. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Dude, oh, 
I've heard him fucking make children cry and be unapologetic about it. So there's there's a uh, one of Carlin. my who George Carlin as your bad voice. Yeah, uh, I love him. I love him too much to think of him as the bad I guy. Though at least, I'd, at least I'd get some funny out of it. I That's love fair. how you're kind of backwards to me. Like if I was yeah. those two, I'd probably put them the other way around. Well, but I, I feel like if anybody could narrate my life effectively, it would be Samuel L. Jackson. I can agree with that. Uh, one of my favorite stand-up comedians is Eddie Izzard, and I think that he's fucking just the best. Hey. But he has he's from England and he has a whole stick in like one of his older stand-ups about how in Star Wars all of the bad guys are British because of the Revolutionary War and how we yeah. as Americans just mentally think of British people as the bad guy. And like, I, I think that would be a good one. Like someone like Ricky Gervais for the bad voice, just because it, oh, it comes God, off yeah. so condescending and shitty, just Britishness in general, which yeah. is like, they did nothing wrong other than being born in this continent. And it's still like, <laughs> you're just like, you smug bastard. Dude, like, All because of the Revolutionary War. Yep. Eddie is one of my favorites as well, by the way. He's so good. If I had a second choice, I would probably say any German person. Because they're they're very like, even their loving language is scary to me. It's all very guttural and Yeah, very like, ah, stop it. (laughs) Allie, what about you? I would have to go with the German voice for the bad one, yep. Um, you know, I don't see, I feel like I would use a British voice for, for my good voice. See, and I could see that working too, though. Yeah. There, I, like, there, it was always my GPS voice was the British voice. Yes. Um, there, yes. there are very pleasant and calm British voices too, that I think would very, hello, how are you? Right. That's you are doing very work. good. Yes. Like very I can see that working. Right. You know what? I, uh... Also for my for the second choice or not, I'm not sure. On the positive voice would be an Indian man. I love the Indian culture. I think it's fucking brilliant. I love how they're like very spiritual about a lot of things, but also know how to party. And like uh-huh. You know, and I just, I don't know when I hear, when I hear somebody that's, that's an Indian descent, I'm like, hmm, I feel like you're smart or something. I don't know. (laughs) You feel like they're They're, tapped into some ancient wisdom. Right. I was, wisdom was the word I was thinking too. I feel like their whole concert or concert, their whole thing is very, uh, it's very wise. Yeah. So I think. I just saw some. I just admitted Susan. Yeah, and then I saw that she left. Yeah, so let's. Now we're gonna hang out a little longer since we finished on time. Now let's go ahead and flip that all around and like not finish on time. And Allie, Amber, you guys don't have to feel obligated to stay. Um, This is where we just talk about accents for fifteen minutes. (laughs) I would love to stay, but I'm being told there's food, and I'm being subbed to help with the grandchildren. Boo, go ahead and eat your food. <laughs> all no that gas of talk. Uh, Mentally, no, physically. What's that? You guys have a great night. 
You guys you have a great night, and I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Take care, love. And thank you, you too. so much. You're wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Y'all, I need to jump off too. I've got dinner to cook for the fam. Absolutely. You do well, thank your you for thing. stopping by. Yeah. It was great to hop on and I look forward to doing it again. Well, we'll be I look here. Seeing you again for sure. Yeah. It was wonderful to have you hop on. When I saw a new name then we used to uh, have him come in, I was like, ooh, new people. Yay. Shiny so. people. I would need all yeah. the shiny people over here and all the happy people over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it so wonderful to meet you um and we'll see you again soon sounds good have a good day guys all right you too love yeah. bye bye i don't know if the, uh susie's coming back uh, susan's coming back dustin yeah the, that she jerk. almost called you dustin and i called her susie so i was getting really fucked uh, it's all right we'll get to see her in florida here soon yeah dude i'm excited it's funny she said she um she walked by me in evergreen when i did that show uh, yeah like the closest we ever got to meeting each other and that was like right after i got off ink master so i was really small walking around places so like it was interesting i don't even i really don't remember hardly anybody that i saw at that show because i was just so oh, i don't i don't deserve to be here i don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> how, how how uncouth of us to talk about tattoo stuff on this reinventing the you know like tattoo community but are you do, do you have any other conventions planned i know obviously you're doing tampa but anything no. for next year so no not right now but like i don't know man it seems like conventions are calling me for some reason uh just had a dude hit me up and be like yo i see you're on the pittsburgh uh roster and i'm like i wasn't planning on doing it but maybe because i love the pittsburgh show so uh, it's weird, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's since the baby, you know, we're we're going to see how, how Tampa goes with the baby and see what happens. Like, am I going to have to bring a fucking nanny with me? You know, like, you know, am I going to, are we going to be able to do it without a nanny? Um, is Donna going to get to a point where she's comfortable leaving the baby with somebody for a few days? Uh, so really that's that's the stuff that's most important. Uh, just figuring that out um, and yeah. then I hate missing my exercise and you know eating routines um, but you know there's ways around that too so every figure, city's got a gym I know I know it's just those long days man it fucking gets me hard even if I don't like party I'll just yeah. leave convention at 11pm midnight and then waking up at like 9 or 10 in the morning I'm like dude huh. But, you know, um, and uh, so Thursday night, um, since now it's just like you and I on a phone call, Thursday night, we're going to go <laughs> called Screamageddon, which is um, like 500 houses and a paintball bus fucking zombie paintball thing. Uh, okay. So I know you you said something about the, the comedy that you were going to possibly go see, but Donna reminded me that this was there. So um, since we're bringing, I'm my... pretty hip to whatever. I have a weird love hate relationship with uh, haunted houses because I've watched too much Law and Order. But uh, I'm I'm down to go to so, some haunted houses. So I have um I have Jaden and my nephew coming to help us with the baby. So and Jaden hates haunted houses. 
So they'll probably hang out at the house with the baby for us. So, um, or if they do come, Jaden hates haunted houses. So he'll probably just hang out outside. So either way, yeah. uh, if we can make that work, we're definitely going to do that because it is one of the best haunted house attractions I've ever been to. So, okay. Uh, it'll be fun. So, so you've, you've lived in Indiana. So you know that in the Midwest, haunted houses are just some rednecks that got a field and chainsaws, which is a big part of why I'm like, anybody <laughs> come in here and do anything and no one would ever know. Uh, and then you watch Law and Order and it just makes it worse. But I feel like in bigger cities, these things are a little bit more regulated and actually a little bit more of a fun spectacle instead of just a guy with four fingers chasing you through a field with a chainsaw. Yeah. It's definitely not fucking Cecil and Jethro chasing you with chainsaws. Like, it's it's really wild, man. There's, like, fucking, like, they have giant shipping containers building out all of this. They have They have a large courtyard and fucking food and drink fucking places all around in the courtyard. And then, like I said, four or five haunted houses. And then the zombie paintball bus, where you get on a bus that's been transformed with paintball guns and you shoot zombies outside of the bus so that's i I was just telling someone about this the other day i went with some friends and uh joey from mile nine joey brenner a couple of our friends and he and i went to this thing it was in columbus so we had to drive about an hour and imagine if they took like a factory size warehouse and they converted the whole inside to be like an hour-long haunted house where you go through a small city except all of the zombies uh it's all zombies and they all have little laser tag receivers and you are all given guns so it's it's an hour-long haunted house where you're going through houses and a little city and there's like a downed helicopter and everything but every time someone you know rattles the fence right next to you to scare you you get to just shoot them and it was one of the most therapeutic things that i have ever been through to not be as weirded out by haunted houses because i'm like okay it's a little more professional it doesn't feel like it's just some idiots with the field. Uh, but also, every time I got a little too freaked out, I was able to just like, ah! Fuck you! Because you know, <laughs> uh, we went with some buddies, and one of them uh, is a sergeant with the Dayton PD. And so he's he's like into a lot of gun safety training, military history. He's like very smart with weapons. So we're going through this thing, and... Uh, everybody else it's like tattoo guys and stuff so we're all just like ha ah! and then he's like he would lead into each room and be like you know doing that stuff like the hand the military hand gestures and we're just like shut up ah! just running through <laughs> screaming yeah that's it like, was but that yeah. thing was a blast that's kind of what the the paintball bus reminds me of bro the paintball bus is super fun and they give you the option to buy more paintballs like throughout the process too so, you know, you're like, fuck, I'm out. And they come and load you up. And you're like, I'll fucking die. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so All we right. have this Friday, uh, Royal Prevail, we're doing like our Halloween flash sale thing. And it's a uh, artist keep 100% and all that sort of stuff. And it's looking like it's going to be really busy. So I've already like mentally told myself every penny that I make that day it just goes into an envelope of just like, that's my Tampa fun money. So the more Halloween flash tattoos I do, the more I'm just spending it all on paintballs is what you're saying. I love it. Yeah. Hundreds of dollars worth of paintballs and me screaming (laughs) on a bus. Dude. It's so cool. I'm telling you, you'll love it. You'll love it. 
Fuck yeah. All right. Well, um, so now that me and Dusty are done with our personal conversation, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Reinventing the Tattoo Guy, HSN, Gabe Ripley, uh, and everyone else that's a part of this. Um, thank you for everyone that tunes in, whether you come in live or you watch a replay. Uh, if you ever are feeling weird about coming in live, please fucking do it. Uh, we love new faces and we love facing your problems because you're not the only one. We all have fucking problems. So thank you all so much for joining and uh, we will see you next week. Love you guys. Bye.